This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office. This is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, welcome to another edition of Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. We have tilted past the halfway point of the 2018 season. We are steaming through July, headed towards a weekend in Cooperstown for my partner, Jack Morris, who is here today. And Paul Muller will be there as well as uh, Jack joins Paul in uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Guys, I don't know where the first half of the season went. I feel like uh, it was just moments ago that we were that we were in spring training. And let's cycle from there to now because a big difference for you, Paul, is you get to write Jorge Polanco's name into the lineup after 80 games without him. And he uh, unquestionably makes this a better baseball team. There's no question about that, and uh, I think to your initial point, to think it's been five months since we picked up a ball down there in mid-February, and to where we are now, there's a lot of things that have transpired, you know, where we're at, and some things maybe falling short of expectations as well as hopes, but there's no question losing uh, Polanco there was a big blow for us down in camp, but you know, he did everything he needed to do to address it, we're all happy to have him back, and even in the short time he's been here, we see why we missed him. You know, the way he can slow the game down, the at-bats he's taken. I think the th- finger thing still maybe bothers him a little bit on his throwing, but there's no question he's a, he's a big addition to our club. Paul, talk a little bit about not only his contribution on the field, but what other players see in him and how that makes them better. You know, we have a lot of guys that are in that same range as far as where they're at with their career, how long they've been here. And, you know, maybe perform to the high level that we've seen Rosie at times and some other people. But I think that people recognize that this guy's got a really good demeanor and understands the ability of slowing the game down on every phase of the game. You know, base running and at-bats and defense. One of those type players that you hope people are paying attention to because he does a lot of things right on a baseball field. This homestand, you guys have gotten healthy through the first three games of it against Baltimore. We've seen some spectacular catches in center field. Now, if I'd said you're going to be seeing some gold glove caliber catches in center field, no one would have been surprised. You would have just thought it was Byron who was doing that instead of Jake Cave. Jake joined the crew mid-spring training. Have you been pleasantly surprised by the spectacular play, or what about Cave's game from the first time you saw him come up to where he is now has has improved? A new name to our organization this year when we made the deal and acquired him this this spring. Uh, I think the surprising aspect for me, and not totally, but just his comfortability in playing center field, the majority of his games through his development have been more at the corners while he has sporadically had a chance to get a chance to play center. You know, what I heard about his outfield play was that he's smart, he's instinctive, he takes good routes, not the fastest guy in the world, but knows how to work the angles of the different positions. 
And he's played it pretty fearlessly so far. I think his timing to get back on some of those catches at the wall, the catch he made yesterday in the gap, I got a good feeling that if the ball has a pretty high probability of being caught, that he's going to be in the right place to catch it. Paul, during the Milwaukee series, we saw you shift, and not just in the infield, we saw four outfielders. Yeah. I guess I just want you to explain your your thought sure. process and where that comes from and how that's all going to play out down the road. Well, you know, a couple of thoughts on that, Jack. You know, MLB and everybody's talking about it, are the shift hurting the game, and we all know that. It took us a while to become accepting and comfortable, if you will, of the whole idea of just moving infielders on one side of the field. And now with the outfield, four-man outfields, Jeff Pickler, our outfield guy, talked a lot about it last year. We started trying to identify people where it made sense. It's a combination of who's pitching for you, percentage of ground balls, where the guy hits the ball. If he's a guy who has a very spread outfield chart and the ability to hit a lot of extra base hits and you're only getting you know less than five ground balls a year on one side of the field, you're going to play percentages. And the hard part is we've identified the people, you know, the smokes and the gallows and the people – that are like that. And then you just have to decide if you have the courage to do it. Uh, we talked to the pitchers about it when we thought about implementing it just so they would understand it because if your pitcher's not comfortable, it's probably going to affect how they throw the baseball. The thing you have to understand about shifts, they're not perfect. You know, you get beat in the infield, you get beat on a four-man outfield. It doesn't feel good, especially if the next guy hits a two-run homer. You have to accept the fact that you're trying to do the thing that makes the most sense at any given time of a game. And you talk a lot about the courage to try it and the acceptance of it, and I think those are big words because what you're basically doing is just trying to do what you've always tried to do, put your guys that you have at your disposal in the position to have the best chance to make it out. Yeah, the, It I, just looks a little different, right? The combination of, of the best chance to get it out and the best chance to keep them from scoring a run. I have one more question in regards to the shifts, and it's on the other side, the the counter side of it. If you're at the plate, is it that hard to teach guys back control, to be able to shoot the ball where they aren't? I think there are some guys that have trouble doing it, and they're getting shifted, and they should learn how to do it because they're not going to have enough power production to justify the fact that they can take away so many hits on the pull side. And those are the guys that we need to work on. For a guy who has a certain swing and he's had it his whole life, is much more conducive to pulling the ball. Those are tougher, but we have those discussions with our guys all the time. You know, we have too many guys on our team that fall into that category. Almost every lefty in our team gets shifted now. Guys like Adrianza and probably Polanco and, you know, Rosie, those guys, they should be able to handle the bat enough to know how to get a hit when they need to need to uh, have a little bit better back control. Yeah, great point. We even saw Polanco drop a bunt down uh, when guys backed up yeah. the other day. That's Paul Molitor, Jack Morris, a great start to another edition of Inside Twins. Stay with us. Get a cameo from Tom Kelly when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. Your flagship home of Minnesota Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. The show is Inside Twins. A happy Sunday to you. Great day for baseball here. Twins getting set to take down the Orioles. Paul Mollett in studio alongside Jack Morris. And we've got a special cameo today on Inside Twins. And we've been hearing from Tom Kelly every Friday and people trying to guess kind of who he's talking about as he regales us with stories from his uh, amazing career in the game. And, Paul, you were the subject this week from TK. So I want to take a listen to what TK had to say about you. When we were working together in the minor leagues after I retired, We'd stand together, or he'd stand with me, I guess. I don't know what he was. He's a thinker, and he thinks things out. I mean, and he think about, you know, you might propose something to him, and three days later he'll come back with an answer. Not now, but he's going to think it out. 
And then he's gone. Now he'll come. I don't know how many times that happened. <laughs> so, so there you have it. I don't know what exactly he was talking about, uh, but but I think your ability to process information uh, thoroughly is something yeah. that has always stood out to anyone who's ever interacted with you. But three days, three days. Uh, well, let's clarify first. I, I, I was standing by him. He he wasn't standing by me. And uh, you know, I, I I don't know if that's. 100% accurate. I, I do like to process things, and I, I think, uh, you know, reactionary answers sometimes aren't the best. Uh, I don't want to just say something to say something because a question's been tabled. You know, I, I, I like to have an opportunity to kind of process it and and land somewhere before I, I decide where I'm going to go with that particular uh, thing that's being, you know, uh, thrown out there. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good thing. You know, sometimes you do got to answer more quickly, especially in the course of a game. But, uh, you know, if you can get better by taking your time, I, I think there's something to that. Paul, uh, speaking of TK, I know that you've had a great relationship. We both have had a great relationship with him. And, uh, you know, let's just turn this around. Let's talk about what you learned from him because yeah. I know he was a thinker too. And he he might say something and then come back and change his mind. But uh, talk a little bit about TK. Yeah, well, you know, uh you guys know from the last uh, three and a half years since I've been in this particular seat, uh, his name comes up a lot, and you know he influenced me a great deal. I, I think that uh, you know we all know his attention to detail, um, the way he taught each and every aspect of the game. Which, when you think about it, for each position, for each situation, for managing bullpens. Uh, he was as thorough as a guy you can imagine. And I just had the opportunity when I played here in my last three years to kind of watch him go about his job. Um, I thought one of the, the great great aspects of being a twin was going to be to play for Tom Kelly, and I certainly wasn't disappointed in that regard. Um, he understands young players. He knows how to take care of the veterans. He certainly knows what it takes to put a team together to win. Uh, and as managing in-game from, you know, he, he, he sees a game – probably backwards to forwards better than he sees it forward to backwards because that's how you have to think because closing out games is what what wins and yeah yes you can win a game in the first inning but I, I just thought he was as prepared and and thoughtful and intelligent about running a baseball game as anybody I've ever seen Terry Ryan once told me that if he could sit and eavesdrop on two people watching a baseball game it would be you and Tom Kelly uh, just because of the way you see games both of you you just alluded to, to TK uh, and how he watches it. So when you and, and Tom were in the in the minor leagues together, when you were standing there sure. watching a the game, what were those conversations like? Uh, what what were the things that you guys were were seeing or or not seeing or, or sharing with each other over the course of a game? Well, I think in development, you know, there was a lot of things that I learned uh, about you know uh, transitioning into coaching. Uh, you know, one of the most common things that he always talked about is, you know, you can't follow the ball. You know, if you're going to understand what people are doing on a baseball field, you can't follow the ball. There's so many things that are going on uh, outside of a given play rather than where the ball is going on any particular play. But I, I just think that, uh, uh, you know, to understand how to communicate with players about how to teach, to the, teach them, how to build them up, how to break them down, all those things, that he was a master at. And so you try to just pick up on some of those little nuances along the way. Awesome stuff. Glad TK could stop by and join us on a Sunday morning. We'll be back with more with Jack and Paul on Inside Twins in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball.
This is Byron Buster. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Kilber Roof. They're made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Twins are taking on the Orioles today. It's going to be two old teammates, Jake Odorizzi, uh, tangling with Alex Cobb. we got two teammates in here as well, Jack Morris and Paul Molitor. And a question for both of you because it relates to pitchers and pitchers' wins. We saw Kyle Gibson pick up a win yesterday, and it was just his third win of the year. And yet, I think if you look and watch Kyle's starts, he's probably pitched better this year than he has at any point of his career. Now, we know the win is a flawed statistic, and some people want to do away with it. But it's still something by which pitchers are measured. They still hang that up on the big board when the guy goes out to take the mound. Paul, is that something you have to deal with on a personal level with guys to remind them sometimes sure. not to get well, too hung up on things like that? I'll, I'll be interested to hear Jack's take on that, uh, being the great pitcher that he was. Uh, there's no question that Kyle's season probably is, you know, a little bit extreme in terms of lack of wins for, uh, you know, in, in connection to how well he's probably performed for us. And last year he won quite a few games and maybe didn't pitch as well. So there is some flawedness to the to that uh, particular statistic. And, uh, yeah, you know, depending on the guy, uh, we'll, we'll kind of determine how much I feel I have to remind him that he's doing his job. And, you know, it's going to reflect in, you know, arbitration and, and all those other things eventually down the road. But, yeah, if a guy's doing his job and he's not getting any wins in his column, you know, you might want to, you know, just reemphasize and encourage to him that he's on a good track. You know, I could talk for hours on this subject. It's probably my most... Uh annoyed subject there is in the game is is wins and relating to you know complete games and and pitch count and all those things and what happens and quite honestly you can't really blame a lot of the numbers on today's starting pitchers because of the fact that pitch count is taken over as the priority sure and uh you know that really ruffles my feathers more than anything else is why is the pitch count what it is because i think what you're doing is you're bridging the gap with three different guys to get to the closer. Baseball always had a closer, and, you know, if the guy struggled in the eighth or ninth inning, that closer came in and put out the fire if he could. I just have the trouble with the two or three guys that come in in between the starter and the closer, and the need for that when, uh, to me, uh, you know, and I I have this as part of my speech for Cooperstown is sure. the fact that if I wasn't allowed to fail, I would have never had the chance to succeed. And I think you need to push guys into a zone they're not necessarily comfortable with to find out what they're made of. And uh, to me, that probably is another 15 pitches after 100. Sure. And I, and I think that's, you know, that's that's great fodder for conversation. And, you know, in managing Jack, I, I think about it. I think I've probably, you know, been on the side of giving a guy a chance more yeah, times than not yeah. to go back out, to finish an inning, to work out of his trouble, to try to make him better for the big picture. You know, there's times when I go the other way. The other day, Sluggers threw the ball really well. And uh, he gave me six innings. It was competitive. He held down the opponent to one run. And where he is uh, in his development, I, I thought that was the time. And But there's Lance Lins and Gibby now has earned a little bit. If a guy, I think, is throwing the ball well, uh, I'm not going to look to those two or three bridge guys. I'm going to give this guy a chance to shorten the game a little bit. And I think it's better for your team, especially when you're playing 162 games. Yeah, and to bring it back to Kyle, I think we've seen that, right? Some of the struggles that he's been through in the past, now we've seen him be able to get through a bump that comes up during the course of a game. You know what I've seen from Kyle? And I don't know, Paul, you 
you're there, you probably look at things different than I do. But what I've seen him do is come and start the game stronger than he ever did. A lot of his troubles early on sure. were early in the ballgame. Yeah, first big, inning, second inning. Crooked numbers. And, and, you know, he gave up a crooked number in the first yesterday, yeah. and yet that was the end of it. He he was able to shut it down. And that's the biggest difference to me because if you look at the generation of baseball, the great pitchers, and, you know, there's you could talk about Hall of Famers. Uh, those guys got beat early, and once they got dialed in, they didn't get beat again. And you didn't, you didn't beat them late because they figured it out and they had some other plan. Yeah, we'd all we'd all take the seven zeros instead of the three in the beginning, and then six zeros. But yeah. sometimes that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, you know? and and your offense picks you up if you, you say, hey, they got three, that's going to be it, you know. And we know the offense can eventually get get to their guy. You mentioned the closer, and your closer, Fernando Rodney, had a great run, stubbed his toe a little bit, found his changeup again here on the homestand. He's pitching three straight games. Yeah, uh, is he a guy? I know he's so prepared, and he makes it seem so easy, like he's just throwing pebbles in, in, in a pond. Is he a guy who can go four in a row? Would you like to stay away from him four in a row? You know, I, I think that I would love to give him a chance to pitch. He said right after the game yesterday, I'll be good tomorrow. I mean, he's one of those guys at the end of the game, even being up there in age in terms of baseball years, uh, he's probably more resilient than any guy I have out there in that pen. That's Incredible. why he's put up the numbers it's a that he has, to, right? to where he's at. You know, and he, I just I, I have him, to say, so. you know, there it. He's easy got to criticize when the when the saves get gets blown. Um, I think Jack will attest to the fact that putting up a zero is not always. There's a lot of way to score a run in this game, and sometimes it's not always reflective of how well the guy's throwing the baseball. Yeah. He has such a great track record, and I think because he's not a guy who who talks a lot, does a lot of media stuff, and people get hung up on how the man wears his hat. He is beloved by his teammates, Paul. He's a guy who walked into camp and from day one, young guys could not yeah. say enough good things about him. He has he been a, well, a pleasure to have. I think we show? talked about this earlier in the year. I, I think from the other side, if you don't know him, you know it, it seems a little bit. He seems a little bit aloof, and there's some things that you kind of question about where he's at with his attitude and all those type of things. It, it couldn't be further from the truth. From the, the truth, he's been a great teammate. He's a diligent worker. He really loves to compete. And, to, you know, if you think about it, to, to be pitching at his age and mm-hmm. doing what he's doing, you have to love the game and have a passion for it. And he certainly falls in that category. You know, I go back to a turning point in his year was the home run that he gave up to Gary Sanchez in New York. Yeah. And it's still vivid in my memory what a great pitch it was. Right. It was the perfect pitch. It was the pitch for, he was supposed to throw. For that guy, And yep. sometimes you just got to tip your hat and say, move on. And he's able to do that. But, you know, he took a little bit of heat because things kind of went south for a while for him because sure. of that one outing, and yet it was still the right pitch to throw in the right spot. No doubt. Yeah, he's been a major asset to this organization. We'll take a break. Come back with our final segment in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. The radio home for Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. segment here on Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Our final show with Jack before uh, a big month. So, Jack, uh, the next several weeks going to be very busy. We're so excited, so proud uh, of what you're doing. So enjoy it every step of the way. Uh, and Paul is a guy who's gone through it, not just yep. the event, but the buildup. Any advice for him uh, over the next couple of weeks? You know, I don't have any advice for Jack. I think it's <laughs> going to be fantastic. I, it's been fun to be a part of Jack's journey 
way back to the Sandlots of St. Paul, and uh, he knows I'm, I'm really proud of him, and I can't wait to be a part of uh, uh, of the masses there in Cooperstown to watch Jack go in here, I think three weeks from today. So looking forward to it, Jack. Um, you have all my uh, respect and all those, those good things. It's going to be something you'll never forget. Yeah, I know it is, and uh, maybe then reality will set in because they still quite haven't settled in with it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be emotional. It's going to be a huge time of my life, but I know I can get through it. And I hope hope I can get through it and make everybody around here proud yeah. because uh, I think that's the goal. It's I, supposed to be a celebration, I right? I think no, you've no already question. done that. No this question. is another edition of Inside Twins. Our thanks to Paul and Jack, where he got baseball next in their home for Twins baseball. been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.